Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia. For more info on the shows and the network, visit www.podcastnetwork.asia. And Podmetrics the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up for free at podmetrics.co. When I see people playing video games now, I'm like, I mean, first of all, the, the setups, dude, like, <laughs> the, the chairs, their chairs are like, dude, I, I had a fucking beanbag Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for watching and staying late, not sleeping yet, this beautiful rainy Wednesday night. Uh, my guest tonight, uh, long time coming, he was supposed to be one of the guests of season one and then I cut off season one because I got tired of it and now we're back. So I'm guesting all my friends and I love this guy to death. He's been one of my closest friends oldest friends then god damn we go way back from la salle way back in high school to to a random gaming magazine forum where we met but we're gonna tell you uh we're gonna tell all about that uh later uh on his own though he did pretty well he's a photographer uh one of the co-founders of grid magazine and very very talented photographer please welcome mr Sunny Takur in the building, yes. Okay. Hey, what's up, Red? What's up? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to just hang out with you. I miss you, man. I miss you, too, I miss you so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you say, uh, did I mention like the last time we chatted? And I think I said, I'm sorry, I wasn't seeing you these t- <laughs> at the time when we could, like, you know. Always you got go sentimental, out. man. You got so <laughs> sentimental. You're like, and I took I'm that like, for granted, and now I can't see you. <laughs> that was a lonely night, and I was like, why won't the now, my son? That's yeah, yeah. That was hilarious, dude. Like I, I just like looking at my phone and like, oh man, like I wanna, I wanna comfort my friend, but also this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was having like one of those times the para man who sino hindi ko kinikita noon time na yun. now I fucking want to hang out with them I can't I don't remember last time we hung out probably at some wedding I'm not sure <laughs> dude it was at Hans's wedding and I Quite think it. you you gave uh you gave the speech that that beautiful speech where you like in a room of like very conservative people you gave them sex advice and it was really <laughs> it was like it was so graphic like you were just demonstrating your hands yeah. <laughs> dude i popped like two buttons demonstrating one of the positions <laughs> Alam mo, hans was there and uh 
of course, yung asawa niya. And then, the sisters of the bride were very single in time na yun, and I'm like, ah, I think at that time, hindi pa ako single nun. So I was like, I have nothing to lose. Now, <laughs> pag, nag, pag, pag nagkita kami, and then you would think na parang, oh, we have something in common, blah, blah, blah. Hindi, parang, I can't, yeah, I was demonstrating like hand job <laughs> like techniques. You were, you were very detailed. <laughs> you were like, I was like bending over in front of the ex- the ano, yung, yung executive table. Yep. It's great. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Though great, <laughs> great wedding though. <laughs> great wedding though. That's a very great wedding. Yeah, that's why I wish we hung out more, man. Oh no. Uh, well, uh mga hindi nakakaalam yung Sunny go way back. We met uh in a fucking internet forum because that's how people met. Well, people still meet in the internet today, I think. More I so guess. than before. Yeah. But before it was very uncommon to find like, you know, like a friend. Na, I don't know if you guys remember uh, in the geeks watching, but there were there was a magazine called Games. Oh shit! I forgot. Games Master, dude. Games Master magazine. <laughs> I was like, like game gaming informer. No, it was like Master. it was a really bad name for a. It is a bad for name. A magazine, but you know, it's it's what brought us together. Like. That's our origin story, whether you like it or not, man. And yeah. we had, we had like the silliest, like username. Mine was Hippo, and yours was fucking Plastic Bagman. Plastic Bagman, hell yeah, so good. Because I wanted to be a superhero. No, oh, so good. And, and you are, man. You are a fucking I was, superhero. I was trying to be. <laughs> I said like I wore that shit in, in college for a while. You plastic bag and shit like that, thinking yeah. about oi. See plastic bag man, but yeah, no. That, that, yeah. That there were happen. very there were very few other like cool people on that website. There were like thousands of users, but I yeah. I literally got along with just you. Like, <laughs> 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 like, like I think we're the only people who remain friends. You guys still friends with with the people you hung out with there? I don't think so. <laughs> Nerd. I, I'm still friends with some of them sa, sa Facebook, I think. But I can't put together kung ano yung, like, yung handle. And yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I see some, like, parang, where did I know this guy from? Pas nakita ko picture niya. And you see, you would see, like, common friends. And like, ah, okay. Yeah. This from, this from the forum. From yeah. the forum? May forum pa ba? May forum pa ba? I have no People idea. Like everything's on everything's on fucking Facebook and Reddit now. Like oh yeah, everything is there. Everything's there. But yeah, we we the had time. a very gamery origin, and you used to play Halo a lot. Like you were probably what do I say? Probably the best Halo player here. The time then when it was cracking. Did you do you brag about that now? I used to play Mad Halo, bro. I feel like I feel like there's if I do, there's like a very small portion of people that understand. You know, for like for like ninety eight percent of people are just like, all right, okay, sure. And but for the two percent that get it, they're like, oh, yeah, you, I've seen that name before. Like I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> But there was a time that we would go to we would go to the cons where the tournaments are. Yeah, dude. We did that. We like, would do that. We like would do Rob- the circuits, man. Uh, the Robinsons Galleria, yeah. 
yeah. SM Mega Mall. But it also helps that not a lot of people played Halo here, so the pool was really small. Do you think so? Dude, honestly, like... Oh, but still, not, you were playing online, though. I was and playing you were, online. You were keeping yeah. up like a, what, like a very positive KDA, yeah. KD ratio. Yeah. yeah. For those listening that don't know, KDR, kill-death ratio. There's so many games that use that now. <laughs> but there's, there's, so many, there's so many gaming terms now that I don't understand. I feel left behind, man. Like when, when, I see, <laughs> when I see people playing video games now, I'm like, I mean, first of all, the, the setups, dude. Like, <laughs> the, the chairs, their chairs have life. <laughs> Dude, I I had a fucking bean bag. Is what I what I played. I remember the, I remember those bean bags in your room. I, I, had bean, <laughs> I had a bean bag, which after your like sixth hour, your spine is just like this weird like shape. And we didn't have decent chairs before. Like I was sitting on like a stool. I was gaming for like what eight nine hours a day. Yeah, on a stool or parang I had this. A makeshift co- makeshift couch with the, which was just basically two two mattresses na just like what, what, like, like, <laughs> like, like, like a makeshift couch like, right? yeah dude or like or like a monoblock chair basically yeah, that was I think that was maybe god tier in terms of comfort back then because uh, like it actually just hugged your it was ergonomic you know monoblock chair na me and na me like like a cushion, like a cushion bono block chair, solid good. But yeah, if you would get like a high back random ass gaming chair, ballin ganunan eh. Ngayon po yeah. siya. It's like it's common, yeah. 18,000 pesos and it's like, oh yeah, you are mid 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 level, mid level. God damn. And then you can see like parang what's a chair maker na her Hernan Miller whatever whatever ergonomic chair makers they, yeah. they have like they're making gaming chairs now because it's such a it's ridiculous, so, man. It's uh, ridiculous. Part of like what you need to buy. Like at the minimum, people have two monitors, gaming mouse, gaming keyboard, and a gaming chair. And yeah. A gaming headset. Well, I guess things are just like equalizing if you think about it. You know, chairs are stupid expensive and all that. But remember when when we started playing and TVs were ridiculously expensive? <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, you know, when this oh whole part, when this whole part started, the, the Sony Bravia yeah. on a 720p, man, fuck. It's here, it's here somewhere. It, yeah, it was only 720p and it cost a fucking, like, you can do, like, a down payment for a car with that, basically. It's a secondhand, like, it's an old secondhand Vios, basically. You can buy an yeah. old taxi with that, with yeah. that money. But, like, I was saying a couple months ago, I bought a TV for my dad, and like after discounts and everything, I spent like fourteen thousand pesos for a fifty <laughs> for a fifty inch smart TV, and like I had fucking war flashbacks when I when I pulled out the TV, yeah. like there were scenes from like Call of Duty two and and Black Ops. It's like wow, it's coming back, man. Uh, good old and, days. And I remember it was your dad. And th- that was an event when you were buying your TV. It was like a win for the whole group. Because oh, yeah, because you guys you were all going to play. I was like, Sonny's buying the, the great TV. We get to experience yeah. like, there's, there's no, There's no, like, we didn't have Twitch or we didn't have, like, streaming back uh, then. 
if you wanted to watch your friend play a video game, you'd have to go to their house. Mm. Yeah. Which like mad shout outs oh. to to Gab Guerrero who'd always fucking come over for, like and he wouldn't like play two player games. He'd come over and be like, Oh, can you just play Metal Gear or <laughs> I remember those days, man. Yeah. Parang there there are people that have probably watched people play games more than they actually have. And yun yung attachment sa memory. Like I remember I I I go to my friend's place to watch him just finish Resident Evil 4. And I've never played the game, but I know like all the <laughs> like oh the secret gen. But yeah, there's a, like a, a a bunch of stuff. I remember when you bought that TV with your dad at Rockwell, and I fucking remember that. At the SM appliance store in Rockwell. Do you remember that place? Boy Payasila, Putan. I mean, yeah, there's people buying like hella TVs right now, dude. So well, I think they're okay. But that was like a big event. And then we all went to your place after. It's a huge event. I don't remember the first game we played when when we set it up. I'm trying to remember. Probably Halo. Was it Halo? Probably Halo. Kasi yun lang ata yung HD na. But then again, no, it was probably like no, it was maybe one of the launch titles or something. Because did did oh, the 360? Oh, oh ah, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The 360 didn't launch with Halo. That's true. That's yeah, true. It launched with something else, and then we played a shooter in the major World War Two ish. I remember that. It's probably like a form of Call of Duty or something, or like Medal of Honor, man. No, I never, I never had Medal of Honor. That wasn't my probably a Call of Duty, uh, something Frontier, whatever yeah. kind of thing. Are we digressing? Yeah. Are we, are we just babbling? Or, or we don't, we don't. There's no standards in the show. I don't know okay, how cool. I got picked up by podcast occasion, but yeah. <laughs> I was just checking. Dude, would, like, if we... Sometimes we run, we're running out of topics. Like last time, I was like, all right, I don't know this person that much. We might get uh-huh. all means enough conversations. And then I would think that I would have like a conversation with him. Dude, we'd end yeah. up like talking for two hours. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I have to cut you off, sir. <laughs> like, yeah. We, we see Mikey saying, we played Halo, man. But yeah, but not at lunch because there was, there was this event. Nga. <laughs> at the time, a big event for all of us when Sonny got his 360 and his HD TV. That was I great. Can't, can't remember what it was, man. It'll, it'll come back. It'll come back to me. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Well, that's talaga. It's just one of those like, para no one lives forever kind of thing. Those like really old, uh, you know, uh, exclusives. It wasn't Gears of War. Are you sure it wasn't Halo? I can't Halo remember, dude. It's it's no the Halo Halo Two is like on the on the old Xbox. America's Army. It's just you're just fucking. See Mikey, Mikey what saying is, America's Army music. Like, no, that was on the PC, dude. That game was like that okay. took a huge chunk of my life as well. Like I <laughs> I fucking played that to death, dude. I had I had like at a clan. And they were mostly like these dudes from the US. And back then to get on voice chat, what you would have to do is to set up like Yahoo Messenger, uh, create a chat room, and then um, yes. minimize that window. And then play the, yeah. it's open like up Discord. the game. 
Yeah, and then hope that nobody like you turn off notifications because if you forget to, it fucking pops up in the middle of you know, and it always pops up in the worst possible moment when you're about yeah. to like flank someone or a buzz. Yeah, yeah, a fuck buzz. that. The buzz feature. Oh my god. <laughs> How disruptive was that, bro? It was extremely disruptive and very like unsettling. When you were like, sometimes you're doing your homework and then someone <laughs> fucking buzzes you, but. It served its purpose, dude. Like, I think, I think that was like UX UI at that time. Like, it, you know, when you buzz someone, you fucking gonna get their attention. It's bound to, you know, jolt them or something. But yeah, know. there was no. Escape. They were sleeping. They would wake up. Yeah. I remember, parang we would use that for like group project. Oh, not ulugo, buzz me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why am audible? It's like, Mikey, are you the only one who's into this conversation? <laughs> but yeah, I, wait, I, I see some like, oh, uh, Hans, Hans was here. It's like the Sony Bravia. And so, yeah, dude. If you have any questions, we're very old school. Well, now we're old. Fuck. Remember yeah. the time? Can you read we were... the question to me? Because I can't see shit. Like, if you. Well, that would be so. Okay. But if you have questions, I'm supposed to. Oh, wait, I'll put it there. If you have questions, yes, easy comments. All right. Uh, do you remember when we would go to cons, and there would hmm. be really old people there? Because we went to cons for like what first year college, you know, fourth year high school, you know, class, and there would be really old people there. And I would think, man, man these people are old. Yeah. Still playing games. <laughs> And then here I am. That's us now. That's me now. We're those guys, dude. Solid uh, guy. I just imagine like, where are those guys? Are they still playing games? They, they must be still playing games. They probably are. They probably are. That was great. Like, and then, yeah. then kids would see me. And then I hear it when, but I used to think like 30 was so old when I was like 22 or something. Again, oh, I'm like man. 31. And then kids are telling me, well, you know, you're not that old, Red. You're just 31. You're not like 34. And like, I'm going to be 34 in three years, bro. stuff. I do miss that, though. Like, people don't know the struggle of you, uh, of us sharing a connection with the whole family. And that was just like, what? Two Mbps, siguro at its best. But for some yeah. reason, we could. I don't know, man. Like the first time, the first internet connection I ever had, and I remember like it was pretty balling back then. Was a two fifty six k connection. Like that was fucking top of the line. You know, available only in Makati. was like, okay, shit. You know, like I had to convince my dad that I needed that for like school and shit you know <laughs> <laughs> um so it worked i mean i convinced him but it it just fucking it worked out enough for us you know like it was maybe because the game didn't need that much yeah before. probably i don't know I, i'm i'm not like a yeah i'm not a techie mark kabansag is here and there are people isp bonanza yeah, Mark was on that fucking dial-up life. Even when we were on, we were like hella like into the future, and Mark was still on the ISP Bonanza life. But 
Oh, dude. But, but joke's on us now because that bitch is in Japan and he's. Oh, like, right. Now he's like getting all the, the sweet all the, ass. All that sweet, sweet bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you streaming 4K, Mark. Like a fucking, like a fucking pimp, man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, scratch cards. Mikey would say scratch cards, pa. Yeah. yeah. Blast. I remember Blast yung pinakasulit. Blast was like 100 pesos, like parang 12 hours or something like that. I'm like, God damn, this game, parang, you don't even think of that now. It's, it's, uh... I remember, like, the definition of desperation back then was, like, there were days where I didn't have games on my computer, and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna download a demo. Oh, <laughs> so I can So I can play for, like, 30 minutes, and then... Shit. You look at the file size and it's like, oh man, it's like oh, 15 megabytes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me let me get on, let me hop on my 56k connection, <laughs> which took like five minutes to like establish a oh. decent enough connection. All right, and you click on download, and it's like four hours, and you're like, oh man, my dad's gonna kill me because like no one can use the phone for four hours, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no one can use your phone and then and then you hear like we lived in a two-story house and then i'd hear downstairs the faintest like hello it's like no because someone answered the phone downstairs and that's it like your entire fucking download is is gone and like that's it that's your weekend you're fucked you know no video games for you that's why uh when p2p came out it was so great because you could resume your download yeah. you know when it would halt at like 40 percent, you can get yeah. like when it proceed in everything do you do you still remember your first p2p app and your first songs that you downloaded shit is it limewire i don't i don't remember i, I started remember. on napster dude yeah, it was the cat one. It yeah, was the, yeah. it was free at first, and then we would download shit. Like I still remember half of my playlists, dude. Like fucking <laughs> yeah, semi charmed, like, semi charmed blind. Oh, they blind, Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. like once in a while, you'd have like your Papa Roach and Limp Biscuit. I remember, I remember downloading a lot of like Limp Biscuit, DMX. Exactly, because it was just like explicit label. Explicit sticker, yeah. Which by the like with like it made it impossible for for me to buy any music. Yeah, because my parents would just be like, what's that sticker there? You know what I my dad used to not know what it meant. So we, he would buy, like, make a set of Marshall Mathers LP and e, Eminem. <laughs> and then we would listen to that. Me and my brother would listen to that. And then, ng yung and then now she would blame my dad for buying those things. That was it's all his fault, dude. It was like it's a conversation fault. with the explicit sticker. I remember uh, that night. I had to download my music from yeah. after that. Unless yeah. the backstreet boys or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember those days, and then I remember how that transitioned to LimeWire and Kaza, and then how Kaza, and then we'd we'd like download yeah. apps. We and then like apps would be mostly for school because none of our like 
I don't think there was a student edition yet of like Microsoft Office, so everything was like ridiculously priced or yeah, and so like we had to download like we had to download apps from those those services. And it was like Russian roulette, like one wrong move and your your computer has like a fucking virus and you're and you're done, you know. Yung mga sobra sketchy na ano. Uh, and yun, you, you have to put like an activation key, diba? And you have to like a, a like key gen, like a key generator. Yeah. yeah. Grabe yun. I know those still exist, but like back then it was like, it felt like I was doing something so wrong. Like I felt like I was a hacker or something, but. Hack source, eh, yeah, Bitch was just like mooching off of someone's license, basically. <laughs> Someone out there <laughs> that was has us. this key. Exactly. Like scotch tape sa likod ng CD case, diba? God damn. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. I think the, the ratio must have been like 12,000 Filipinos to some like random white guy in like the East Coast. <laughs> can't trace it. You don't have internet. But yeah, I remember. Like registering it was such a parang taboo. Like, oh, we register because I mean, peke yung app more or whatever. We didn't even call it apps before. No, they were uh, called programs, dude. Yeah. They were called programs. It's only I don't know what year it just decided to change from programs to apps. But we lived. I, I guess it was kind of like this is this might be what our grandparents feel like when like. TV went from black and white. They just woke up. It's just like at least it's just like they just added color. Hello, man. Yeah. Pero tayo, ibang eh, grabe. There's like so many people. Uh, like I remember, parang when I was building my my rig now. I think that was like four years ago. Tapos I had legit software. I've never had legit OS. <laughs> oh, you can register your Windows. Parang pumasok pa sa utak ko. Nadi, huwag mo register kasi. Baka yeah. malaman nilang ano, matrace ko or something like that. So, tapos naisip ko, wait, no. I bought this legitly. Yeah. With my own money. <laughs> my own money. <laughs> I mean, may, may mga ganun ka pa rin stigma. With, with like, uh, but, if if I was to, okay, ito yung, ito yung gusto ko sabihin kanina. But like in line where I used to download a lot of wrestling stuff, like videos, and those were like what seven? Because parang they're like VCD rips or something like that. So say it's like yeah. seven hundred MB, parang ganun, per one part of the show. Because like the, the show is like four hours. Uh, I parang I would like leave the computer on for like overnight, man. And this was the time where like. That that was frowned upon, like leaving your computer switched on. Forever. <laughs> Remember before, like we were even taught in school, like make sure you shut down before you power it off. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, and now it's just like you know what? I'm just gonna do this to my screen, but it's like downloading in the background. And, uh, what a time to be alive, my friend. Oh, grave. It's yeah. like uh, right now you just you know randomly tap your mouse or your trackpad. Just yeah. activate your fucking screen. It's yeah. open now. It's yeah. mga bagalang Yeah. Para I know. Back in the day, like remember updates, it would be like it would take 
like hours, man, fucking hours to get a thing downloaded and installed. And, and that happened always at the worst moments. Like when you were due to like write a paper or something or, or print something out for like your parents or something. <laughs> no, dude, so many times, way too many times. Printers are still faulty until now. Parang wala pa rin, wala pa rin printer na hindi nasisira. Alam mo yan. Yeah, we, we've like landed people on the moon, but like every day, printers just jam all the fucking time. Uh, paper jam. Yeah. The fucking cartridge is not aligned or something like that. Yeah. Daming, okay. So David's like welcoming people now in the stream. Welcome, hello, uh, Sir John. Welcome to the stream. I know what... If, what Ray is saying? Uh, I don't know screen. either. Yeah. What is that? What is that? What are you talking about? I was waiting for... I'm not Jolo, dude. I've, yeah. Yeah, I, I was hoping we would get through the, the fucking P2P discussion without having to talk about porn, but... <laughs> <laughs> we would all be boys, right? And then we would go to this place and then we would watch porn. <laughs> it was fucking communal, dude. I could never do that. Like, fucking, I don't know about you. I need in my privacy. I can't fucking... Like, I don't want my boys with me and like... <laughs> We're not fucking jerking off, man. We're not fucking jerking off. What the fuck would you be doing otherwise, dude? Like, we're just enjoying, you know, stuff we don't usually watch. So you're oh watching. God. It's like parang siguro seven, eight, eight boys huddled around like a desktop computer. Tapos, bila nilang pumasok yung kapatid niya na babae. So, bilis puta alta. Pero nakakatawa, nakatingin kami lahat sa screen. Tapos it was like a black spreadsheet. <laughs> so, parang nakakoncentrate. Parang, hmm. Uh. Walang tao eh, nakatingin lang sa spreadsheet. Nalala mo ba yung Jolo? Pwede nang bahay yun, nakalimutan ko. But yeah. Was, that, was that your first experience with anything like, <laughs> like no. anything like ass and tits related? Because I remember one of our first experiences was, mm. I was with, I'm going to throw people under the bus. <laughs> I was with Migs, I think, and I don't know who else was there. Mark wasn't there yet because this was in, this was like grade school. Um, because we'd, we'd always go over to Migs' place after school uh, to play N64. We'd play Goldeneye. And then I think Mikey's brother left, like, I don't know if it was Mikey's brother or one of the relatives fucking left behind. Uh, I forgot what movie it was, but there was, like, a stream, a scene with a stripper. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, that was, like, gateway for us, you know. And it was on one of those, because Migs was... Migs would have all these like cool shit that his parents would bring back from the States. Um, they were one of the first people I know that had one of those portable VCD players with a fucking oh, screen. Yeah, oh, yeah he had one of those. He had one of those. And so we had access to that sort of like contraband back then uh, in between rounds of GoldenEye. But the struggle was very real, my friend. Was it a, v- it was a VCD player? It was a the VCD portable. player, yeah. So and then you would take turns with it. Oh, Sorry? You would take turns with it? I will not confirm nor deny <laughs> <laughs> allegations of, yeah. Uh, good times. But now. yeah, okay. so 
Oh, I I pretty much advertise you as a photographer and yeah. uh, co-founder editor of uh, Grid Magazine. We've gone 37 minutes not talked about your photography at all. So <laughs> <laughs> always like this. But last time I had e- see Isa does and she was like my classmate in high school. Uh-huh. So we were talking about high school for like 40 minutes, but the advertisement was like, oh, she's a tech vlogger. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, high school I But no, yeah. I, I love long introductions. This is the best. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying, now, you know, uh, we go we go way back. <laughs> we go way back. I remember, uh, man, the first, you're one of the guys that convinced me to go to Xbox as I was PlayStation. And then that went on through the generation after 360 where you all motherfucking left me. So but I think I was just stuck with Xbox with Leo. Si Leo na yung kalaro, or parang yeah. Something like that. Is he but watching? Because yeah. he's he's like a big gamer and like he's always online. So Leo. No, he, he should be here, yeah. Why, Leo? What the fuck? I always play with I know that in Gilma always, but like I played with their their group, Ixila Leo, Sila Sevi, Sila Josh. Mm. And we we played this game called uh fuck, I forgot the name. Winter Project or Project Winter or something. Mm. It's it's like a eight player thing. Tapos you're assigned roles. So it's like werewolf, but it's a game. So two yeah. of the two, two of the guys are traitors, but you don't know. And oh. your objective is to like uh fix all these radio towers so that you could uh, ask for help and then the 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 plane will come in and save you. But what they can do is like anything you fix, they can sabotage. Pag traitors and everything. It's such a games are like super advanced. <laughs> like gonna do. Can you imagine that eh? having that a game like that? Grabe. What's uh, it called? Project Winter. It's great. Wait, is that new or like Steam? I have no right. idea. I'm gonna check that out. Hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, I, I find the will to play video games again. So, okay, mm. let's jump to your, your profession now. Sure, Just man. Because, uh, you know, we, we I kind of advertise you as a photographer. But yeah, you started taking photography while we were in college, I remember. Uh, yeah, I mean, on and off. I, if, if, if we're going to be like very strict about when I started, uh, I had like a, <clears throat> I had one of those like camera phones, way 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 back then, um, which took like really shitty pictures. Like the resolution was like three twenty by two. You remember what? It was, it was a seventy six fifty. Oh shit! Yeah, like the banana phone yeah. swag. Um, so I I was taking pictures with that, and I did have like one of those romantic like my dad handed me down a camera stories uh, but but he did have a camera that he lent me he didn't hand it down to me he was just like you know if you want to play around with this go ahead um <clears throat> and then i bought a camera for myself around that time as well sometime in college and i was just playing around dude i had no idea what i was doing i was just like taking pictures of fucking flowers and like insects and shit and it was it was fun. Um, it, like it's something I I enjoyed, and it was a good break from all the schoolwork that I was doing. Um, you were engineering, which was engineering, so that was kind of, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, 
yeah, that was a relief. Um, no, it was a good, it was a good kind of break. And <clears throat> I remember like I had to, I didn't have to, I, I wanted to join the green media group, dude. And you remember that, that org? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So they had all these like positions for, excuse me. Yeah, all these like positions for um, <clears throat> theater hands, for uh, multimedia artists, photographers, and all that. And one of the questions in the application was like, "Are you willing to do like, are you willing to do like an internship or something, blah blah blah, for <clears throat> for the org without any compensation and just things like that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. Like, I'll I'll give how much time ever I can give. I can't guarantee a lot because." I'm a fucking engineering student. And 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 they were like, All right, maybe you're not, you know. Yeah, maybe right, you're not right, right for this so, Yeah, like immediately. <clears throat> and I was just like and I was like, all right. Like that was my first fucking rejection, the like photography. And I was like, oh man, this like bites. Uh anyway. Um but that was like way back. That was what, two thousand and eight seven something like seven i think maybe six even um there's a lot that happened between then and now obviously of course but, but like, i'm just asking how you fucking started <laughs> dude i like i think the big break the big the big turnaround was 2009 after we both graduated which is a story we both have to tell after this uh, well, uh, yeah see you, yeah see um so after graduation, I went to India for six months and I brought like a small film camera with me, not to point and shoot. It was fully manual um, to force myself to learn how to take pictures. And I was in India for six months and I, I didn't know what I was doing, man. I fucking, I was lost for six months. I don't speak the language, even if I, even if I am Indian. Have like formal photography training, right? Like, did, did you take any classes, kind electives, or anything? No, I had had zero photography training. I did have some really good photography mentors who, um, who I assisted with. Um, they really helped the way I. No, but like in two thousand nine, were you already assisting with with photographers? I think my earliest assisting job was like two thousand and two thousand and ten, maybe. Um, Maybe so when you went to, you had no fucking clue. <laughs> Dude, I was I was blind. I was fucking like, I was operating off of like instinct, and I was. Dude, I I had no idea what I was doing honestly yeah. when I was in India. Um. No, sorry, I got my timelines mixed up. I think I I started assisting two thousand eight. So two thousand nine, oh. I had like barely enough. Like I knew how to use a camera. Um. But I wasn't like amazing with it, um, and there was a lot of learning that happened in India. It wasn't just how to use the camera, but how to like deal with a different environment. There were a lot of lessons like that. That kind of that was. It wasn't like proving grounds, but it was a good place to understand where I needed to improve. Um, and then when I came when I came back, I started taking pictures of my family and. I think it was 2010 where I did my first group show in Singapore. Um, and I actually went with Migs. Migs came to Singapore with me for for my group show. Uh, and then from there, it kind of just like slowly picked up. I started assisting more people. I started 
doing assignments for magazines. I think I started shooting with Rogue first, and then Yummy, um, a bunch of other, a bunch of other Summit titles, Esquire Philippines, and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then 2012 and 13, I shot the rodeo in Masbate, which is kind of like, like I reached a point where I figured I needed to challenge myself again and do something like the India trip. So I did, uh, I found a rodeo in Masbate. How did you find that? Like, that wasn't even a thing. Uh, you know what well, I mean? Like, But it is a thing. Like, that. Thing, you know, people just didn't know about it, I guess. Yeah. Um, it was one of my mentors that tipped me off. He's like, hey, did you hear about this rodeo in Masbate? Uh, it's with Paco, actually. He tipped me off. And I'm like, no, not really. Um, let me take a look. And then I I started looking it up, and there was very little documentation. But the stuff that I did find was like, holy fuck, man. It's like it's like Texas, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but in Masbate. <laughs> like, I have to go there. And, and we had a common friend who was able to uh, set us up with the rodeo director. So we immediately had like, you know, all access passes and everything. We were like, we were treated like VIP basically. Like we could, we could go into the little, what's it even called? Like this little arena, the rodeo arena. We could go in, inside the, the ring, inside the, like behind all the barriers and all that. So we had unprecedented access to all the action really. So I shot that 2012 and 13. And then we were doing a lot of stories kind of, you know, for magazines. Um, mm -hmm. Like for a lot of foreign magazines, we would shoot places like Boracay and Palawan. But we would never, when we pitch stories to them, like, hey, there is this cool thing happening in Masbate. Or, uh, you know, we have, friends, we have friends in this like surfing destination, Chargao. And they're like, oh, you know what? We're happy doing one story a year for the Philippines. And it was Paco and our friend Christine who got together. And they were like, you know, we need a platform for stories from the uh, Philippines. And that's how Grid was born. Like the two of them were just having a drink. And they decided like, you know what? Now it would be a good time to start a platform for stories from around the Philippines. Yeah. Uh, and then Paco um, invited me to help curate the photography in the magazine. Uh, and then Nachi Ugarte does the, he does the design basically and the, the overall look of the brand. And when I say the brand, it's like the website, the, the magazine, like all, all the content really, like kind of the visual side of it has to go through him. Um, four of us came together and in 2014, I think it was like March of 2014, we founded Grid, and um, yeah, six years later, it's still around. It's still a print magazine with yeah, that. That, that <laughs> dude, so many magazines have like fucking caved and yeah. Well, knock on wood, man. It's 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 been it's been an uphill battle. Like even before we started, it was difficult. You know, like when we started. Magazines were already like, you know what, we're going to cut print runs by 50%. And here we were like wide-eyed and excited, man. We were like, oh, man, we're going to put together a print <laughs> magazine. Like, how cool is that? While everyone else is like fucking retreat, like, no, think, now it's not a good thing. Yeah, 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 you were. Yeah, yeah. yeah and 
And so, like, we finally had that platform, and we were doing stories from, you know, all over the Philippines, and well, mostly, mostly Luzon. We we tried to do stories in Visayas and Mindanao as well. We haven't been very diligent about that, but we, uh, you know, we well, we noticed we noticed that, and we have like, I I personally, sh- I mean, fucking get a team there. I mean, yeah, get Luzon, where you can just drive. Yeah. Um, I, more than that, it's just like we. No, you know, I'm gonna take that back and say that we do have we do have stories from Visayas and Mindanao. Not a lot. We do have stories in Visayas. We do. Yeah. We do. We do have yeah. stories in Visayas and Mindanao. But I want to be more like when this whole thing fucking blows over. I want to be more diligent about yeah. um, get like more stories in Visayas and Mindanao, and not like I'm happy if other people. Because it's not my story to tell if it's Visayas or Mindanao. So I'm very happy to, like, one of the things that this job has given me is to be able to discover photographers around the Philippines. Um, And I haven't been very diligent with looking for photographers in Visayas and Mindanao. But they are out there and they are taking, like, hella crazy pictures. And that's what I'm looking forward to when this all blows over. So is it now, now, now you're in a role... Na parang mentor na rin ba? So you're the, you're now the papo guerrero to a lot of these people. I don't know if I'm okay. ever gonna be. I don't know if I'm ever gonna be a papo guerrero to anyone. Um, <laughs> um, I my my role as a mentor. I don't think I've I don't think I've mentored anyone just yet. I've had like a couple of interns um, who've done do really you, well. Do People who are really acclimated into, parang uh, there's some people that are in some sort of industry, eh, parang may ac- mas may acumen sila to be like a mentor, and you know teach. Not everyone can teach. Like I, I yeah, I no, could, I you understand. Know, from experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I I actually taught for, I I taught for a term uh, before COVID happened. I was actually teaching in CSB. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, I was teaching in TSP, um, which made me realize that not everyone can teach. <laughs> like, like I was standing, I was standing in front of my class. And I was just like, "Whoa, what the fuck, man!" Like, or, yung workshop are, na araw lang or like once a week. No, nah, man, or like this was like weeks, every like week. <laughs> this, was, this was this was every week. This was every week, and I was in front of like thirteen young, malleable okay. minds. Like you know. If if I say anything wrong or stupid, like, these guys are gonna be like, "Fuck that guy, fuck, fuck this dude for teaching me that," you know. Um, but it was I actually kind of miss it already because um, I had I had a bunch of students that were very they were just extremely diligent with their work, you know. Like yeah. if I if I give out an assignment, they'd come back with more than enough um there were a bunch of them who did that yeah which felt really nice there were a handful that were just kind of like wow you're you're fucking lazy dude like you know sometimes i see me and you like when i was in college because i was lazy in college like i understand now you know (laughs) but uh teaching is a whole different ball how did you get into that like you just want to were were you recruited or something yeah, I was I was recommended for the position. Um, 
prior to that with the magazine i've done some workshops i like i definitely enjoy going on assignment more um it's a different mindset but i also am a firm believer in uh information should be free and i would i would not be where i am uh if not for the people that have generously shared with me what they know and and literally everyone that has mentored me has shared information with me for free like absolutely nothing you know and and if you think about it this is information that could jeopardize their career their you know their place in the world because like i could come in knowing the same thing they know and uh executing it similarly to them and maybe charging half the price and you know but I, like that's an example i don't do that um you can also be on like the flip side there's a degree of responsibility to it because i remember when i was uh i there would be subjects that i would be interested in and then if the teacher sucked that would be the end of it i wouldn't be interested in it anymore no, so, I, I understand and and that's, that's a very important thing yeah that's the flip side and and some days i catch myself thinking like cuz le- learning is learning is is it never ends right and so who i am today as a photographer is very different you know even last year really i was a very different photographer last year and imagine like if i had given advice when around the time good was starting which i have conducted workshops back then like sometimes i think like have i dished out anything that i want to take back now and you know, <laughs> no seriously like like yeah. oh my God, have, I, have i said anything stupid that i want to take back now and and it's difficult because i've i've done so many like portfolio reviews and i've done so i've done a bunch of workshops and like was i critical enough was i fair you know all these questions come into mind and like it's it's difficult honestly teaching is really 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 difficult so i respect everyone that does it you know yeah. i respect teachers so much not to mention uh, sobrang paba na swelto nila you know yeah i i like experienced that firsthand i was just like oh this is what they pay at csv imagine what they pay anywhere else man <laughs> terrible it's so bad but uh going back to your to your career i remember you made a name for yourselves with portraits because you took that shot of your uncle. Was it your uncle? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. It was 2009. It's probably one of the best pictures you've ever taken. I think so too, man. Like that's one of my favorites for sure. Like I, I, I don't think I have any other portrait that's as recognizable as that one. Uh, just good oh, and, okay. and bad, I guess. Um, and they well, was how, can you tell the story of that picture cuz i never knew how you fucking took that picture oh man i wish the story was interesting i i was learning that was my first uh medium format film camera you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. 
With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And I was learning how to use it. Literally, that was that was me practicing. Uh, my uncle had just taken a shower, and I had I had the image in my mind like, oh, it'd be cool if he stood in between the two beds and then just like took his shirt off. Because my my uncle is, I don't even I think the best way to describe him is like he is co- like comically oversized. Like his top half is like a perfect sphere. Oh, and, and yeah. you you it so well. I'm trying yeah, so, to. Yeah. Okay, okay, and then he just stood there, and then you stood. Like, yeah, snapped. he just stood. He just stood there, and I was like, I took like light readings uh, with a light meter, and then I just took a bunch of frames. Uh, I didn't know what it was gonna look like because I was shooting film. Um, I sent the film to the lab. When I got it back, I was like, Hey, this is kind of like, it looks like album art almost. <laughs> you know, that could pass off as like as like album art for someone, and. And since, it was, filmed, yeah. and since mm-hmm. it was filmed, you had no idea that it was a good shot until you developed it. However. Exactly, exactly. And I, so after that, like I scanned it um, and I started printing it. And it was, you know, I actually used it for my first ever calling card. And yeah, it looked, it looked like a little Polaroid, actually. Um, uh-huh. It was a conversation starter for sure. People are like, oh, who is this? Is this you? Like, uh, obviously not. But. Okay. He is related to me. Yeah. No, it, it was it's it's such a fun picture. Um, but if I can just say, like portraits, I enjoy so much. Um, and if there's one thing I enjoy as much, it might be food. Um, yeah. And I and I try to marry that together. And I I love I love talking about food. I love when people talk about food, and I love conversation about food. Hell yeah, was, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a request from David here. Please talk about your camera gear, Sanjeev. My camera gear? Uh, I guess for work, if anyone must know, I shoot on a Sony system. Um, only because right now I feel they are the most reliable. Uh, their, their kits are... So I shoot on a Sony A7R Mark II. Uh, the entire kit is super lightweight. The choice of like lenses is like they have everything. Um, and the gear that I'm shooting with is now five years old, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's five years old. I still use it every day. Uh, it it works very well. There's other bits of gear that I use. Um, Nothing too fancy or expensive. Like all my lights are this brand called Godox. You can get you can get them from Lazada or Shopee. Was it? What? Like what, a, what? It's it's Godox. just a light. It's it's like a oh. strobe. Yeah. Sorry that that like ticking sound is bugging. <laughs> so like hard, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. sorry. 
I will get better equipment. But yeah, we're, we're figuring <laughs> out where it comes from first. All right. See, uh, be great, uh, yeah. Dave's asking, you still shoot film? You still shoot film? Seth? Um, not as much as I want to. There's very few labs that process film in Manila. Um, in 2012 and 13, when I shot the rodeo, I had to send all my film to Hong Kong to get it processed. Uh, because I'm just like I'm not sure if labs here would would agree to to like process 75 rolls in one go. Um, <laughs> like they might just be like, oh fuck this guy, <laughs> like let's send them away because we just don't have, you know, like we can't turn this around in like a week. Outside um, or like fucking, you know. I'm just gonna send you know, the the, the immense amount of work that I did to to Hong Kong and just wait for it. The anxiety was like, like I don't know if you've ever ordered a package before and like checked on checked on your like the tracking status. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had to do that like both ways, so I had to ship it out from here, oh, and then like oh, like please just get there in one piece in one piece. And so when it would get there, I'd get the email from the lab, like, oh, thank God. And it takes a week to process, like, everything, right? And then they send it back with a tracking number, and I check it, like, religiously every day. Like, you know, sometimes I'll wait 30 minutes and hit refresh and check if it's, like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. And, And it would be, like, severe anxiety until it would get to my doorstep. Um. But back in the day, it was DHL. It will go straight to my doorstep. So that, like, as soon as it arrived, I, I just, like, sat with it. I didn't even scan it immediately. I would just, like, sit down with it and be like, thank you. You're home. Like, you're here. <laughs> you're safe. You know, it was like a child. Yeah. That was that was going to uh, – I learned about Basbate Rodeo because of that. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people did then. That was a future – did 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 you put did did you guys put it up on grid? But eventually, yeah, eventually it it made the it made the maiden issue. Um, it was one of the stories in the maiden issue. Um, and I think in twenty thirteen when Paco joined the rodeo as well when he when he visited the rodeo, he brought his little TV show. And then back then, if I'm not mistaken, his show was the only one that covered it and. I think back then they were already on like their 15th or 16th year, something like that. Um, so it's been going on for like a really, really long time. And then the year after we went, so I think 2014 or 2015, it had completely like blown up. Like everyone was shooting there. Like the whole influencer culture had already reached there. Because this was like when Instagram was still kind of picking up 2012, 2013. Um and what is it still? Yeah, and, and you you couldn't even post pictures that you had taken before. You would have to like actual Instagram, like take the shot within the app and then use your filter. Yeah, so we had to do we had to do that. Um, but yeah, 2015, I think like it really blew up. Uh, it was on the news everywhere. There were like drones flying everywhere. Like people were shooting with their drones already. Uh, which I'm really happy for because it's 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 a uh, yeah it's a it's a it's, it's their fiesta it's a festival that deserves a little more you know coverage than mm-hmm. you know than they usually get. 
Because I remember parang I was writing for the It's More Fun in the Philippines campaign. I was writing a brochure. And we were looking for like unique, because it's going to be, if we're just going to do like all the touristy stuff, it's going to be just beach, 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 and probably a mountain here or two and a festival. Mm. So we were looking for stuff. And that that's one of the things that came up, Yung Masbate Rodeo, because of you guys. I'm not sure if that, that actually got promoted in that brochure. Because I quit before that brochure got got released. But oh yeah, yeah, uh, I do remember you guys brought in, and I think you know uh, that's one of the one of the goals of your magazine. It's it's more of it's kind of like are you are you defining it as a travel magazine? Is it a travel magazine or sure. more like we, no? You can call it that. I mean, it's got at this point, it's got like a bunch of like labels really you know like when we started out we were big on calling it like grid is not your typical travel magazine yeah uh, mm-hmm. you know it was kind of it was very difficult to define you know what fits under that umbrella of travel but we at the end of the day like we all agree like everyone on the team agrees that travel should be inclusive because prior to Prior to Grid, uh, a lot of the local travel magazines would be extremely exclusive. It would be very high-end luxury travel outside the Philippines. Or if they would travel in the Philippines, it would be to places like Amanpulo and all these other really expensive resorts. And mm-hmm. so Grid was just, we just wanted to give a platform for stories from the Philippines with, you know, travel as kind of like the backbone Um mm-hmm. Kind of like the the reason for us doing it. That's intense. Huh? Uh, did you guys get any like international recognition because of it? Because it felt like it really promoted the, the country in a di- very different way. I don't think we got any kind of international recognition. That's not. It's really not what we were going for. What we what we know we did was we definitely provided a platform for conversation and we like i i am very confident i can say that we have influenced others to do the same um and a good benchmark for this would be if you could somehow go back to like 20 2014 2013 and look for images or like stock images of the philippines you would have uh, a very your variety would be really small. It would be like, but now like we're an, yeah, or like an, a Morsolo painting, basically. Like it yeah. would be it would be Nipa huts and you know yeah. fields. Yeah. Um, and when I'm not saying it was us who did it, but like we we I I'm gonna say that maybe we encourage conversation. <laughs> like we we encourage conversation. We in, encourage people to like you know tell your story about about uh-huh. your your part of the Philippines or your slice of life in the Philippines. And we try to be as inclusive as possible when we, you know, when we tell our stories and when we provide that platform. And if you look at stock images of the Philippines now, it's more than just your fiestas and your festivals. It's more than beaches. It's it's so it's so varied now and it's quite diverse, you know. I mean like after you sift through all the influencers in front of waterfalls, you'll you'll get through the yeah. You'll get through the you get to the good stuff. You get to but, the meat. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I do remember you were always ahead of the uh, the trend. So say like 
you you were the first guy who had an HD TV that I knew. <laughs> that's not that's gonna be like, why did this guy think it's gonna be the next next thing to have? Kait sobrang alam yun, mahal and everything. And I remember you got into photography uh, way before because there was a boom. Like everybody had a fuck kind of fucking SLRs. Remember that when we were in college, like the tail end of our college days, everybody Everyone. had fucking had cannons and then uh you know strapped around their head and then they would have this ridiculous watermarks and stuff that they would upload it on multiply and shit like that yeah and you were probably doing photography years before that a year and or two a year or two before that maybe yeah. why are you always ahead of <laughs> It's not with photography though. Parang I have feeling that ipong what are you into now? Are you into like rock climbing or something? I I started climbing three years ago actually. Oh shit. Um, yeah, and unfortunately all of that has to or climbing indoors has to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really big into rock climbing because I got like I I got into shape and then I fell out of shape. <laughs> I didn't know it was possible. And then to kind of go back into shape again, I fell, I fell into rock climbing. Um, and you don't actually lose any weight rock climbing. Um, but you kind of force, like to be good at rock climbing, you have to lose weight. So it gave me another reason to kind of like not, yeah. not be, you know, too heavy. Um, yeah. Not be fatted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I did that for, started climbing three years ago and it was, it was super fun. Like the first time I tried it out, I was, I was actually with my sister and she did not enjoy it at all. She's like, fuck, <laughs> fuck this shit. Like I'm going to do yoga. This can be your thing. And, and it became my thing, dude. Like at the height of it, at the height of it, we or I would climb maybe five or six days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and like religiously, like I'd spend hours there. Uh, at the rock climbing gym at, at Climb Central Manila. And and because of that, like, we had all these, you know, we'd watch all these, like, rock climbing videos and there'd be a lot of people climbing outdoors. And I remember, like, fuck, like, I got to do this. Like, in this fucking lifetime, like, this will be my, like, this can will be one of my goals. Is, is there any spots that you can climb outdoors in the Philippines? So in the Philippines, I climbed in Atimonan in Quezon and Montalban and Rizal. And it was like, it was ridiculous. It's so, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It's so fucking difficult. Like, cause in a gym you have colored rocks, you have like colored uh, holes, so you, you can see where you're going. Uh, and, oh and then suddenly outdoors, like it's like gray, <laughs> you know? And, and it's the, the level of discomfort is, is so high. Um, when you start climbing outdoors for the first time, there is this sense of like, I I tend to be an overthinker. So like when I start a route, I'll be like, oh man, if I fall from that part, like I'm gonna swing out, hit that tree, and there's a huge ch- <laughs> like like that's how I would process shit, you know. But but the second you touch it, like the second you actually get on the wall, like all that kind of disappears. And then it's just like, what do I do next? And what do I do next? And what do I do next? And and it became a nice like challenge for me. And I've always and, wondered climbing mm-hmm. down. Once you get up there, 
what you get to the very what you get to the very top it depends on the route uh their top they're like long very very long climbs will have an exit at the top oh, that's um great. yeah uh like and then like a what sorry there was some games like if you finish this long dungeon there's gonna be like a point you gotta save point yeah yeah uh no it doesn't work that way actually like if you reach, <laughs> when you reach the top successfully if this is rope climbing uh when you reach the top you get like you rappel down basically after you're done oh. yeah so, so you, you have got- you have someone on the ground you have someone on the ground that's like your counterweight they're called your belayer and they belay you down is that a real is that a real term yeah belay belay yeah, it's a real term. And then there's another form of climbing called bouldering, where you climb without a harness or rope. So if you've seen like my Instagram videos, uh, I would I don't know if that cl- classified or that counts as bouldering. He just got crushed by a boulder. Is <laughs> what is what yeah. happened. Um, Before when he was doing it, he was trekking, right, or something. He was, he was trekking. Called... There, there's actually questions here. Yeah, um, sure, man. Uh, I'd be happy to. Uh, medyo malayo na sa topic, but I totally forgot that there was this question. But no yeah. worries. Abigail hey, tips Santos. for new and shooting film. Uh, honestly, just do it because you're never going to know unless you try and then you're going to fuck up a ton of roles. So start. And then sh- <laughs> no, seriously, start and then shoot. Um, yeah, start and shoot. Get your stuff processed. Get it scanned. And then... Yeah, it's a feedback loop. Like when once you take a look at your pictures, if you're happy with it, then good for you. If you're not, then figure out what went wrong. And then there's a lot of people who always ask Kumanian tips for like beginners and everything. And the the best the best thing that uh, then, uh I could give them for comedy, it's the same thing. Just do it. Just right, right. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta stop overthinking it. You, you gotta yeah. do it, and then that's where you know then if you like it or not. Because if you don't yeah. like it. Wasting all your time, you know, gathering information of something you don't. Yeah, know. and you understand, you understand how much work you need to put into it. Like, yeah. you know, I I tried like in the start of this quarantine, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna bake, <laughs> and <laughs> and my first like my first bread came out like it was a fucking like I could build a house with it basically. <laughs> it was so dense and hard. I'm like, wow, this is like I'm gonna have to put in real work for this to happen, you know. Um, so that's like that's what I tell people who want to start photography as well. Like, you know, go ahead, like just try it out, and then, and then when you like, yeah, when when and if you fuck up, um, like you'll understand that there is work that you have to put in, and you're like, all right, cool, I I know how much I have to give to this now. Yeah. A lot of people they say like to kind of like nail it right away. It's not it. When you when you want to do something, you want to do it right. You gotta do yeah. it like over and over and over again. You gotta put in the hours, man. Everything. That's true. So uh, now back to climbing. I don't know hmm. what David means by this, but tell us about climbing in Bishop. Oh, in Bishop. Okay, so Bishop follows like... it up with Sunny Thakurda. Oh, <laughs> okay. I go, David. go go. David, I love you, man. I miss you so much. Um, <laughs> Bishop is the mecca for bouldering. I was saying, so bouldering is climbing without a rope or harness. Uh, so it's the same thing. You're climbing these little like cracks and holds on rocks, right? Um, and Bishop, 
So if you if you fall, like there's crash pads. You have to bring your crash pads. Uh, <laughs> I can I can show you pictures. And what they look like is like they look like little Eurotex mattresses that fold and you could wear as a backpack. Yeah. And then you yeah. bring it on site and then you look for the rock that you're gonna climb and then you throw it under and then you have spotters basically spotting you. Um, and Bishop is, if not the best uh, bouldering destination in the world, like it's definitely like top five. Where's this? Um, it's in California. Oh, this was when you went on exactly. that trip. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we had planned it, uh, myself and five other friends from, uh, from the gym. We were like, you know what? Let's fucking do it. Um, it can't be that difficult, right? <laughs> and, and like... I don't think I've ever trained that much for a single thing in my life before. It was it was fast tracked. Also, it was we only had about eight months, I think, to prepare. Okay. Um, and eight months is not a lot, honestly. And like for a climber back then, I was like 185 pounds, which which is not light at all. Climbers on average are like 140, 100, Shit. and they're like they're taller than me still, you know. So they're they're extremely lean. They're very powerful. Uh, so I had eight months to train, and I had a really good coach. And and training was super intense, man. It was maybe three or four times a week, a uh, minimum of four hours each session. And the goal was to climb as many routes in Bishop as possible. And we we have like a guidebook with us and everything. And when you get there, a lot of it actually just goes out the window. Like all the preparation you've done when you touch when you touch real rock, it's so different, it's so difficult, um, and it it kicks your ass. But then your mind comes into play as well, and it's telling you like you didn't come this far to fucking you know Wait. not not do this. Um, so there are a bunch of climbs that we. We were there, we had 11 climbing days in Bishop um, and about three rest days. And how long, like if you said a climbing day, most of the day you're just climbing? Okay, so we would, we would wake up pretty early, uh, wake up really early, have a good breakfast. And then we stayed in Mammoth Lakes, which is about 45 minutes away from Bishop. So we drove to Bishop and then... Um, we'd like warm up, so we'd climb like really easy routes. And with bouldering, the routes are on average like maybe 12 feet high. Um, yeah, when you reach the top, you like climb down on the other side of the rock or an easier like area. Um, so we'd warm up with a few of those, and then we'd climb until maybe 5 or 6 p.m. Um, and then we'd hike back down. The hike was maybe uh a good maybe just 20 minutes it's just not it wasn't too bad um bishop's really accessible that's why we picked it and then after that like we go home we cook dinner and then sleep and then we repeat the next day um but climbing at that intensity because bouldering the routes are a lot shorter but they're super intense like oh yeah like like you're always flexed like it's your every part of you is just like tense um and our Why is it day, like, because, like the holds are like they're, they're not they're, they're not like thin, right? they're like thin they're like they're like super thin they're barely enough for like your fingers I mean, to hold this, I know, this hobby 
Like, white I people. Climb. <laughs> white people. I want to climb the really tall shit. Yeah. Um, and well, then on. It's pretty high. It's pretty high. Jumped off a, a top ter, uh, top rope outside the ring. That was just ten feet. I thought, yeah, yeah. Twelve is pretty high, and then there were some that were like 15, 17, 18 feet. Um, and sorry, you those? Yeah, we we did those. Yeah, we did those. Um, and we've fallen off some of those too. So there, it was it was pretty scary, and then rest days so like when we first got there we were thinking like oh, we don't need to rest like <laughs> we rest this for the week um puta, we, we couldn't get up like we would wake up at maybe seven or eight in the morning on our rest days until 9 30 or 10 we're like stuck in bed because we're just our bodies are just destroyed you know and by by the last climbing day our like we had no skin on our hands anymore uh, everything everything was so raw like there wear gloves yeah you, no, you, you can't it. wear gloves you can't wear gloves and then um i guess another thing i can talk about is we there's there's this thing called a project where you you pick a route or you pick a boulder that you want to climb and you like work on that one thing and the one that i chose to work on was I think it might be my profile picture. I'm not sure if that's it. Um, it's called the Iron Man Traverse, and it's this long, like, it's this long sideways climb, and and then at the end of it, you kind of have to jump almost, and then your feet come off the rock. Um, and so what? the side, yeah, the sideways climb is. It you have to sound, like pull up like a platform kind of thing. You're tattling from like a. Like one rock to another, gonna? Uh, not from one rock to another, but from like the, a lower part of the rock to a higher part of the rock. Oh, um, and I remember, like, oh, I picked this one to be my project because um, I liked the style of it. Like, it was it was pretty technical, and if you brute force it, you like you will pay. Um, so I had to kind of, I had to. This is like where the training came in as well, and. It it was something we worked from the early morning all the way to lunch and until uh, nightfall. So we had lamps illuminating the the rock, and and we climbed until really late. Um, I never I never finished it, and like it was extremely frustrating because you like prepare. I prepared eight months for that, and it was so close. Like I almost got it. I almost got it. Like I fell at the very last. Like. I have some really, so <laughs> some really. Move, sorry, you're saying. So your spotters would move like yung cushion mo, the crash pad, right? Yeah, yeah. So my spotters would move with me, um, or like the spotters would move with the climber, uh, with the crash pads as well. And um, yeah, the goal is to like anticipate where you might fall, and that's where they throw the extra crash pads, basically. Oh, yeah, long story short, I didn't get to finish my project and I like I swore I'd return this year, but but here we are doing a podcast almost a year later. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that camera quality. Are you uh, like how are you uh Talden? What do you think about like how fucking awesome the cameras on phones are now? 
Dude, I'm on an I'm on an iPhone six, so like <laughs> I I cannot speak for anyone right now, uh, or, or like for camera phone users. Mine is absolute shit. Like it's probably gonna last another few months before yeah. it just gives away. Yeah. Pero like like my mom has this like new startup business, and they they were taking pictures of yung yung products. And then my dad behind them was just like you know taking pictures with his phone, and he has like an yeah. iPhone XR, and yeah. the fucking the fucking thing looks better than no, it holds iPhone. up, dude. Diba? It holds up well. Is it is it something you can realistically use for photography? There have been people who've shot like there have been people who were able to shoot campaigns with phones, but I think when they do that, it's marketing for the phone than the actual. Ah, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. But, get like a fucking. Because I mean, you know. But whatever works, it's man, honestly. Expensive anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I was, I was, I was, I was trying to seg to the last topic. Uh, before you fucking left, and it was about you photographing food, and I have a bunch of questions because, I I've seen yung I know. Uh, yeah, this one, the feast thing mm-hmm. on your website. God damn. Dude, when you said feast thing, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, are we talking about LimeWire again? Like, what's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, feast thing. Uh, it's still, it, just, it still sounds bad. It's, yeah, no. Yeah, all right. But yeah, uh, all your, a bunch of your food photography stuff. Here on your website, and I was looking at it because I was, you know, trying to look at, yeah, what's what what you've been up to, you know, in the past. But you photographed a lot, now, man. And I remember you telling me a lot of stuff. But I remember there was a specific story you told me mm-hmm. about uh, you're with like the Albert Steakhouse guy, and you're cooking steak in like a pogon. Yeah, that you- was. That was yeah. 2000 and, uh, 2009 or 10. Uh, or no, maybe it was like 2012. Anyway, um, that was one of my first assignments with Rogue, or if not my first assignment with Rogue. Um, that's not on, on, the, on the feast thing. Yes. Yeah. No, it's, it's, not on, it's not on the website. Uh, it's a very old assignment. I don't know if it made the cut. Um, I was a very different photographer back then, but like, I, I looked at the pictures again recently. Some of them still hold up, so I might bring some of them back. Like, it's just nice to. I've been, I've been like, traveling through my archives and figuring out if any of those things still hold. You know, some of them do. Most How was don't. the experience though? Like, uh, if you're uh, taking pictures of food, you get to eat them after, right? So that's not that's not always the case, um, but that's not always the case. But I am here to tell you that some of my best meals have been at shoots, um, and and b- both occasions. So like stuff that I have photographed and stuff that uh, is just like served for lunch or dinner by the subject I'm photographing. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of my best meals have been at shoots, really. And I mean, off the top of my head. Some of the like recent ones, like I photographed uh, Mecha Uma recently, and um, 
it's one of those places, man. Like if you know, you know. It's, it's <laughs> so it's so fucking good, man. It's so good. It's ridiculously like everything that comes out of Bruce's kitchen is super good. You had like a working relationship with him, no? See, 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 Mister Sensei Sushi guy. Exactly. Uh, right. I I used to shoot him for. I I think I used to photograph him before he even met his his wife and partner now, who is also a good friend of mine. Who her name is Jay. Uh, she would she was with Preview Magazine, and she trusted me with a lot of shoots as well. Um, and so, like our working relationship actually starts with his wife, whom I met before him. Um, yeah, it's it's always been great. Like I I try to stay in touch with. Uh, the people I work with, the chefs that I work with, and the conversations are always really interesting. And when when we can, we, you know, a lot of people have been bartering during the quarantine, and that's what we've been doing as well, which is kind of fucking amazing when you barter with a chef, because you yeah. could send them like, you could send them like your fucking failed bread experiment, and then they <laughs> send they, they they fucking send back like and wagyu and all sorts of random shit and you're like yeah i like you're obviously the loser in this game <laughs> i win again <laughs> yeah it's win-win for me always for me you get you get my failed bread yeah but i think it's because uh creativity it's such a such a big big thing and uh there are artists that get along and there are artists that don't i i first-hand experience like I don't get along with actors like actors is like it, it's such a it's such a opposite thing for me on what they do like in theater they have to rehearse over and over again and the material they're 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 using is not theirs you know it's such a reverse thing of, of, of comedy comedians would get along with musicians a lot and I think photographers get along with 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 cooks and chefs a lot I think that's the. It's very. There's a. There's a like a whole. I think. Would you agree? Like, it's kind of. Uh, you, you kind of uh, relate to each other in your artwork. Absolutely, hundred percent. And I think the reason for that is when, when chefs when chefs put like a dish on a plate and serve it out to people, they're. That's all of them, dude. That is the culmination of all the shit they had to go through because uh, it's like really difficult to yeah. you know to move up in the culinary scene um so it's all that it's all their struggles on a plate it's it's them it's like 100 percent their hard work on a plate and it's the same with us as photographers you know you see one final image printed in a magazine but there's so much struggle that goes on behind that yeah. um and I'm already coming from like a relatively, you know, privileged position, but I yeah. feel, I feel that struggle too sometimes, you know, like shit, like to get that one shot, it took, you know, years of learning and like saving up for gear and it all just kind of, oh, yeah. up. and I think, I think that's why we get along, like understanding that like what's on the plate is actually more than what's the, on the plate. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, uh, that, and that's, that's, uh, that's ridiculous because uh, whatever that plate uh, whatever that photo or whatever what's in that plate that will be like your only shot at you know 
like an impression for that guy who consumes it. Absolutely, and that's that's so risky. It's like, you know, it, it's the only impression you're gonna have on so many people because not everyone develops like a relationship with the person that fucking prepares your food, you know. So that. Yeah. Like that. That's why, like, when people like restaurant critics when they review stuff, it's very. Like, I'd rather have a review. I don't know. I I I just sometimes when I read people tearing up people's work, it's very, it's 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 hard, man, because it's it's a lot of hard work, you know. It's uh, it's uh. I try to be vocal against people who criticize and only do that you know what i mean like there are people who are core out there and mm. their thing is just that i don't do anything else but get other people's criticize, yeah. and fucking criticize them mm. i get like if i if i was a comedian and and fucking rex tavarete or comes up to me and says yo you fucking do too much dick jokes i would get that feedback and i would honor it with my life because you know a guy who has fucking 20 years on me uh is telling me that you know your your career might be terrible because it tells you <laughs> i mean it's it's sound advice it's from someone who's an expert but someone someone who completely doesn't know anything and like i think the harshest critics are found in food like in food yeah. industry dude like if uh if you would look at like uh, food reviews or just like the comments on people's Instagrams or uh, what do you call that app before? Like Foursquare? Like Foursquare with fucking... I, I don't remember. The savage, specific. man. Yeah, man. They, 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 they're savage. And you would think... I would think to myself, that's someone's, you know, like putting up a restaurant and maintaining it and running it is really hard. And yeah. you would just get this dude who, you know, uh, found the pasta to fucking soft or something i don't know and he would completely tear up your whole and then he's gone after that yeah you don't get yeah. to see that anymore it's kind of like how bu- it's kind of like how bullies work right like yeah i don't know there was like this thing i forgot where i read it um and it was a while back but like some writers were able to contact bullies of uh of the person that they were writing about and to see if they had known that their words had such a profound impact. effect yeah and they're like what who <laughs> you know it's like, yeah yeah dude, they're like who i don't know who you're talking about oh that guy yeah i went to school with him and oh, then God. yeah you know so it, it's kind of like that with chefs and you know if we're going to talk about um you know the pitfalls of of being critical about food we mm-hmm. could go on for hours because there's this whole conversation about like authenticity and you know, like who is the authority of what, and it, it's very—it's it, a conversation that can go on for. for I'm not—I'm not really knacking on like the whole criticism and everything because that parang there were people that tell me, "Well, you're censoring my opinion." I'm like, I'm not censoring your opinion. I'm just saying it has yeah. no value. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would you, you know, why would you leave an imprint on someone's work that that can be improved upon, and then you know. It, it would be something that that people would look at and they would be swayed from you know uh going to that restaurant or watching that show or whatever uh i'm just saying yeah i'm just saying like sometimes i think critics feel like their their work is super important they had to hear it but 
I'm not saying all. There's there are great critics out there. No, uh, and and to me, it's like I guess also the platform that you choose is very important. Um, to me, I've I've had some like meals that I did not enjoy that maybe service was not good or mm-hmm. I did find the food a bit salty or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like, you know, tear someone's yeah, work apart. Yeah, I, I would, like, con- I'd, I'd like. Reach out to the manager or like the PR person and say like, "Hey, I dined in here between like seven and nine p.m. I ordered this and that. I was with this many people and like break it yeah. down and give it to them. They're like, hey, you guys, you know, like fucked up. Um, like I know you guys can do better. I've had a meal here before and I had a poor experience. I hope you guys. I hope no one else has to go through this because the next guy that does is fucking gonna publish this online and I don't want you guys to, you know." Yeah, to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's already hard to put up. But it, does it happen in photography then? Are there like a lot of people who are just, you know, pretend experts and they're just trying to... Does it happen to you guys as well? Uh, um, I don't know how to answer that. Like, there's definitely a lot of... There's a lot of people that don't know how to take criticism. There's a lot of people that dish out a lot of criticism and they don't have, or I don't think they... They're not credible enough to do that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's also like, it's it's a field that opinions are very, very, very strong. Yeah. Um, and it's a form of art, man. Like, I, like a lot of people just like fucking... Like be be stubborn about like their stand, you know, or like they just refuse to accept any criticism. Um, yeah, and I feel like those are the people that maybe I don't know. It's a medium where you're encouraged to communicate, and if you refuse to do that, then it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, I think uh, I'm not I'm not really uh, saying that we should silence those motherfuckers, but yeah, there's just this line that they cross you know what i mean like fucking sometimes you would think that why why is this necessary (laughs) you know stuff like that especially with harsh ones like harsh ones like they don't know how much of your soul is in that in that work and it's to people to just like like i would take but i would take a harsh criticism over just like fucking public rejection is just really terrible like Mm. especially my like my line of work I would still go to shows and I remember this specific show that I, I felt like, you know, yeah, I'm never going to fucking get a, get a terrible set anymore. And then that night itself, dude, everybody was listening, but no one was laughing and I had to do like 20 minutes of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I wish I had just, you know, got like a harsh criticism. Out of it. Like I wish I just yeah. offended someone, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, uh, it's I, I think uh, it's just something that we have to you know live with. It's great because if uh, if no one's criticizing your work, that means you know maybe you haven't reached a lot of minds yet or something. So yeah. I, it's it's like a you know it's like a slippery slope, plus yeah, minus kind of thing, uh, bright side, dark side, whatever kind of thing. But yeah, uh, some of you guys gotta. Tone it down for, you know, you got to pick your mediums and stuff like that. Anyways, all right, let me uh, let me round this out, this conversation before you fucking slip off the grid again. <laughs> uh, 
baka ma-disconnect sa Matrix or anything. But yeah, uh, can you give me like, uh, this is gonna be like one of the basic uh, podcast questions if you've had interviews before. But like, mm-hmm. can you give me like a dream assignment for you in photography? Like what Jesus would you want? Jesus Christ. Is it, is it like a portrait or is it like an event? What, what do you think? Um. Wow, if you had asked me like, if you had asked me, you can break it down. Answer it however you want. I just want to get out of the fucking house, dude. I want <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able. I want to be able to like go out unrestricted. Um, you know, I haven't been able to think about my assignments so much. But one of the assignments I photographed, uh, I, I think it was two years ago. Now or was it last year? I think two years ago. Uh, a good friend of mine took me to Maguindanao and we, the reason we picked Maguindanao was like he had access to it. And back then, this was a few years after the massacre that like a lot of the news that was coming out from Maguindanao was, um, it just kind of ignored a lot of their day-to-day lives, um, which was it's very nuanced and it's very like tricky to understand. And my contact is, uh, he's a Datu in the region. Um, and he, he and I, him and I, we spent 10 days there. Um, we spent 10 days there, like going around uh, the different areas and it was a food story actually. So we, we broke down the little nuances of, you know, of, uh, of the culture in the region. Uh, through food and I was when I was shooting that assignment I was extremely overwhelmed because um, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on it's so it's just so different it didn't feel like I was in the Philippines man. it felt like I was in a different country mm-hmm. um, and it was it was one of the most colorful assignments I've been on the characters the food the scenes everything about it was like full volume um, and I was like grossly unprepared for it. Like, I, <laughs> like the, the term full volume. <laughs> dude, it was it was like full volume. Uh, and yeah, I was like I was like grossly unprepared for it. Like I didn't know what questions to ask. I didn't know I didn't know how to photograph half the shit there. And I'm like, fuck, like I need to come back here. Like on my second day there, day two out of ten, I was like, I need to come back. Like I haven't fully even explored and immersed myself you know, in those 10 days and I'm already like, I need to come back. So definitely I want to be able to see more of Mindanao um, and Maguindanao specifically and anything to do with their food culture over there, try to understand, um, you know, why their food is like that. Like it, it, it ties in a lot to, um, to their culture, to their religion. Uh, basically like TLDRs, they, they, when you said you're fused, kind of fusing like food photography and then portraiture, then so it's kind of like uh, not just food porn. It's there's a there's a story being told there. Like I would see you with, I I saw a photo with uh, that you talk about, and it was such a great photo of this guy just carrying pizza, and I thought that was really great. It it, it it's not just good looking pizza, you know. There's 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 a story behind that, I guess. Where yeah. do you think? Yeah, do you remember that? 
pizza. That was that was that that was Gerard actually. If you met Gerard, I don't know if you met him. I only Gerard. Gerard. Can't show. The good friend of mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We were we were in. This was like a random road trip. We we went to La Union and we just had like. Yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't an assignment or anything. It was just well, like, shooting pictures of fucking people having pizza and uh, <laughs> yeah. So is there like a philosophy behind uh, these these photos that you're taking? Like if you if you were to go back to Maguindanao, like what are you what's what's something that you're prepared for now to, to take it on? I'm not. That's a thing. Like I <laughs> I'm so not ready. Like but Every because I I tried to catch up with this friend um, mm-hmm. who lives there. Oh, he lives here, but he his family is based there, um, and he talks about like, hey, maybe we could photograph like you know, there's there's a season where they hunt and cook ducks there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, that might be cool to understand why they do it and how they do it, um, and it's just like so many things, man. There's there's a connection between why. Or how, because no one was able to colonize them, that their food is still, like, untouched. Like, there's no Spanish or Chinese influence there. Yeah, because, like... Whoa. So, it's pure it's whatever they are. Sorry? It's pure Maguindanao. It's pure whoever they are. There's no influence. Or their influence was from the South, actually. Their influence was more from, like, uh, Borneo and Malaysia, Indonesia. Yeah. That, that makes it so interesting. And I, I wish... That COVID is gone, so that you could do that, and then we could appreciate and we could, you know, see that story happen. Thank you so much, Sunny Thakur, photographer and uh, photo. Uh, you're a photo editor of Green Magazine, co-founder as well. Thank you so much. And buti na lang nakabalik ka with your with your. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, dude. I miss you so much. I wish I could be there actually. Okay, okay. I wish this would be like a, cause. If I'm signed to Podcast Network Asia, I could use their studios. So, really, signing with them now feels like para, <laughs> para I can't use their full power. But yeah, uh, we'll do it again, man. Don't worry. Uh, I, I, I don't good. plan on stopping this. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much. Do you want to plug anything? Thanks thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> gridmagazine.ph, uh, com. And it's the same like Instagram handles as well at Sonitakur at Grid Magazine PH. That's it. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, thank you, Sunny. Uh, like I said before, uh, we will have double episode next week. On Monday, we'll have a Kobe Bryant special, and on Wednesday, we'll we'll do the regular episode. So, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. My name is Red Oliero. I still haven't thought of like an ending whatever thing, so I'm just gonna... <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.